This is Blaze Ridden, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Shriver. Snyder with scores! Now scores! Paul Rabel splits two and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Kelly, not shy, bounces one home! What a start! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. We're stoked to have you guys for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. Adam's coming to you from Baltimore, and I'm back in the D.C. metro area this weekend. Uh, Adam, how are you doing today? I'm good, my man. Just got done another class at Jiu-Jitsu, not going to lie. I think there were a couple times where I should have tapped out a little bit earlier, but hopefully I'll be able to handle my way through this podcast with you. Yeah, no, I actually I took my Army fitness test today at 4 in the morning, so I am matching your fitness energy today, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah, know, we got a lot to talk about this week's episode, um, including discussing the first PLL team to punch their playoff ticket, as well as some teams that are trending in the right direction in the PLL and the MLL, and some that are trending in the wrong direction. So, we've got a lot to talk about today, but uh, let's start off with the fast break. Adam, why don't you take it away? Yep, absolutely. We're going to start back uh, with the MLL from last week. The Cannons topped the Outlaws 16-13. to 13. The Rattlers got their second win by defeating the Blaze 16-14. The Bayhawks in Game 32 of their series against the Lizards won 11-9. And the following day, uh, a little less of a close game where the Bayhawks destroyed the Lizards 24-7. This past weekend on August 10th, the Blaze defeated the Cannons 14-13. And the Bayhawks defeated the Outlaws 12-9. And in the third game of the weekend... The Rattlers got their third straight victory, defeating the Lizards 15-11. In the PLL, the Chaos clicked the first-ever playoff berth for a PLL team by defeating the Redwoods 13-10. The Chrome topped the Whip Snakes in a shootout 20-16, keeping their playoff hopes alive. And on Sunday, the Archers took down the Atlas 15-11. There's your fast break. Those are the games from this past weekend as well as the MLL games from the prior weekend that we weren't. We haven't covered yet. So let's dive into our quick sticks, some news around the leagues. Um, in the NLL, Joel White signed a deal to return to the Georgia Swarm after a one-year hiatus from the NLL. Uh, the Roughnecks re-signed Jesse King for two years. He was pivotal in their championship run this year. Uh, in the MLL, the Cannons traded attackman Nate Solomon in a 2024 round pick in the MLL draft to the Lizards for short-stick defensive midi John Danagellis. And tickets for the MLL championship in Denver just went on sale on Tuesday. Um, Some PLL news. The PLL signed a huge deal with Gatorade through 2020 as a sponsorship. So actually, Adam, let's talk about this PLL Gatorade deal. Uh, Adam Stern of Sports Business Daily, he reported the deal is through 2020. um, And although financials have not been revealed, Paul Rabel has been said to be seeking seven figures annually for large partnerships. So that's big news to me. I mean, Gatorade's a huge sponsor that's you know hasn't been in lacrosse yet. Uh, what were your thoughts on this big deal? Yeah, this is just yet another huge move like we've been seeing from the PLL all season, whether it's on the field, outside sponsorships. This is just another kind of domino effect um, from from the PLL. And Gatorade doesn't just sign with anyone. You know, you, you see the type of athletes uh, they sign with from first lucrative sponsorships are our top tier NBA players, top tier NFL players um, with brands already so they clearly think uh, they're getting in early with the PLL for something uh, something big so uh, only good news coming out of this deal with the PLL Like you said it's 
it's a uh, it's big that you know Gatorade doesn't really just sign with anybody, and it's through 2020. Um, and I think what's telling is that you know they say that Rabel's asking for seven figures, which is big because um, you know we can be as excited as we want about how the play on the field is with the PLL, but did take a large investment from investors to get this thing off the ground. Um, you know they obviously have a plan, um, you know, to keep funding going for a little while, but you know they're going to have to sign these big sponsorships like they did with Adidas to you know really put their name on the map and you know keep this league going. So I, I think it's very encouraging to see what uh, Paul and Mike were able to do uh, with this deal. So yeah, definitely definitely encouraging, and I'll be interested to see what the prop bet is for uh, what Gatorade color uh, gets dumped on the winning coach in the championship in Philly. Absolutely. All right, with that, well, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor today, uh, and then we'll get back into the action. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Uh, now it's time to discuss um, some of the PLL action from this weekend. Uh, there's some great moments from this weekend. Um, so I- I'm going to start off right off the bat, Adam. The Connor Fields goal, to me, was the best goal of the year so far. The only thing that really rivaled it, I think, was another play by Connor Fields, where he faked out Callum Robinson uh, earlier in the season with a behind-the-back fake pass to a outside rip that ended up getting on Sports Center's top 10 initially and you know he landed on the top 10 again this week um and Apple's one of the best defensemen in the league and yep. he just got him tripped up um and then the one-handed shot uh f- from a lefty you know he he is a left-handed attackman you know obviously these guys can play both hands at this level but you know to have the the strength to put it home with one hand and it happened to be your offhand uh I thought was great so I was disappointed it was only ranked 6 I think it should have been higher um, but, you know, he had a goal and two assists in this game. And that kind of leads me into the chaos. And, you know, they, they are the most complete team right now. We've been saying it for a while. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of put them up there with the whip snakes. And I, I think, you know, this was another statement win for them. So what did you really see from, from this game? Yeah, this, I think this one was my favorite uh, of all of them this past weekend. I mean, from just an offensive standpoint, it was, it was coming from all parts of the field, you know. Uh, you talked about uh, the Connor Fields goal, which was absolutely absurd. The Miles Jones goal, which is a little bit different, where he just bulldodged his way through for, for a wicked rip, um, was another one of my favorites from this past weekend. And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, the Redwoods were, were no slouches in and of themselves, you know. Ryder Guards, he had a couple ridiculous goals. So did Sergio Salcedo. Um, it, it was an awesome game to watch from an offensive standpoint. And both goals played really well, too. So it, it was a pretty well-rounded game from, from both ends. Uh, Jared Newman getting another two-pointer, uh, and then and then talking to the defense, and they should have slid earlier. Was one of my favorite moments too. So it was my favorite game of the weekend by far. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Jared Newman. He is just so much fun to watch, and you know, great article by Matt Kinnear on Inside Lacrosse that just came out. Um, you know, just talking about how you know he he started playing lacrosse his senior year of high school, and he was still in love with basketball predominantly, um, even at Providence, and you know, he kind of found the love for lacrosse and. Obviously, he's a stellar athlete, and he's just been excelling. Um, and that kind of, you know, 
makes me think I, I tweeted out like earlier this week I, I really think the biggest thing he's benefited the most from the, the PLL you know he's gotten it done on the field so I don't want to take away anything from him um, but you know I don't think he would be this big of a star had he not you know come over to the Premier Lacrosse League and they've not been done doing such a stellar job with their social media I mean we talked to Jules Henningberg and he you know, hit the nail on the head how they give these players you know this this footage right away that they can post on their Instagram um, and yeah. they're all about the engaging with the fans and I don't think anyone engages with the fans more than Jared Newman um, so you know it's great to see him perform on the field and great to see him get his due uh, you know and become a star in this league and another guy though too that I, I think is really flying under the radar for the chaos um, that doesn't get talked about enough is Jake Fricaro uh, yeah. he had four points in this game another nasty two pointer. Um, he's got 13 goals and 10 assists on the season, and he's 50% from the two-point line. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like he might be the most underrated player in the PLL right now. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I certainly kind of agree with all those sentiments there. Uh, definitely an underrated player, kind of where I think he's not as flashy as guys like uh, Connor Fields and, and Miles Jones, so he kind of goes under the radar, but still absolutely stuff when it comes to the production side of things, especially at the two-point line. And man, I don't know if this is something that we're going to see going forward uh, with this two-point line. You know, the NBA is now a shooter. It's leading with going kind of uh, away from the, the mid-range shots and going beyond the arc for, for more shots. Is this what we're going to see in the PLL kind of going forward? It's more shots because, I mean, it kind of makes sense because the, the, the shooting percentages are, are, are there to, to show it's, it's a good shot. So I'm curious if we're going to just see an uptick in more and more two-point shots going forward. Yeah, no, I think we will. And um, I think moving it in a yard closer has like, made a, the world a difference. And I, I think it's funny yeah. because that was the one thing that I was like, Okay, that's kind of arbitrary, you know, like 15 yards, it's like, oh, okay, like, not much different from the MLL, and I've always kind of been against the two-point arc, um, you know, I think it's important to have in, you know, professional lacrosse just because these guys are so talented, but, you know, I, it really just never really meshed well with me, you know, at the MLL, and, you know, moving it that one yard closer, I, I don't know, has made the world a difference, and I think, you know, shortening the field, too, um, has yeah. certainly helped, but... Yeah, I, I love this brand of lacrosse. Um, it's honestly my favorite right now. I might be having some recency bias, you know, because don't want to knock the college game. has been great as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been phenomenal watching these guys, you know, nail these two-point lines. It's not really a gimmick anymore. You know, it kind of felt like a gimmick before. And um, this season, it's, you know, it's these guys are lethal from outside. And, they're you know, they're putting it where these goalies can't get it. And I think we're going to see, you know, like you said, more of it. Um, but, yeah, the, the chaos, uh, you know, congrats to them, you know, Andy Towers and the crew uh, for showing up, causing some chaos. And, you know, they're going to be dancing in the playoffs pretty soon. Um, and this team is scary. I mean, we don't even talk about how Miles Thompson and Josh Byrne have been out with injuries. You know, yeah. when they get them back, I mean, they might be unstoppable. So uh, a lot of fun to watch. But uh, and, you know, there's another team that we want to talk about that's kind of on the upswing as well. They got a big win in the Archers. Um, what did you see from this game, Adam? This was a big one for the Archers. They, they were able to stay in the playoff run and, and jump to third in the standings currently. Uh, Atlas fell uh, to fifth, so currently they're not in, in the playoffs uh, right now. So this was a huge one. And, and the names that you know are synonymous with the Archers really came out the ball. Marcus Holman, four ridiculous goals. Tom Schreiber. Absurd. He, he's absolutely the best player in all of uh, professional lacrosse by far, um, just with a bunch of goals himself. 
Well, Manny, Joe Sankey um, got his first few uh, in an archer jersey. He's going to be a big addition for them. And from a goalie standpoint, this two-headed monster between Adam Gittleman and Drew Adams continues to work. It hasn't not worked yet, so uh, I bet they're going to keep going with this. And um, I think we talked a little bit last week, but they're just so different when it comes to their playing styles. Adam Gittleman's a shorty and, and plays one hand. Drew Adams plays the other hand and is a little bit taller and is a little more jumpy in that. So um, it's working for them. They might as well stick with it, and I fully expect them to continue to do so. Um, and they're, they're a team to watch out. When they're hot, they're, they can't be stopped really on offense. So their defense has been played really strong, too. Had a little bit of the suspect um, kind of end of the first quarter there, allowing the Atlas to kind of get close again. Um, but they're a strong team, and they're one of my uh, four, I think, going to make the playoffs. You mentioned that two-handed monster in cage, and you couldn't even pick one of these guys to start the full game if you wanted to. Gittleman had eight saves and only allowed six. Adams, you know, had nine saves, only allowed five. And the previous week, it was pretty close as well. Um, and like you said, I think having those two different style goalies really has benefited them. You know, it kind of gives them an opportunity to start fresh in that second half. Um, sure. And like you said, if they can just kind of clean up, you know, letting those goals in right at the you know the final minute of these quarters, which they they let a goal in in each of the first three quarters that kind of, you know, kept the Atlas in this game, but they, you know, nipped it in the butt in the fourth. If they can do that, I think they're going to be scary, you know, come playoff time. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see what what, what happens. And not only um, maybe if one of those goalies doesn't play well, uh, and that won't benefit just because there's only two weeks left in that regular season, right? So um, let, let's let's see if that, that'll happen. But what if, say, Adam Gittleman starts next week? and saves 13 shots and only lets in four goals, you know, something like that. Are they going to pull him if, he, if he's that hot? I fully expect them to do so. That's just something uh, as a coach to, to watch out for when it comes down down to the, these last few weeks. But it's definitely going to be an exciting lacrosse to watch, whether it's on the field or what those decisions um, are going to be from the coaching staff. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and, you know, now let's talk about some of these teams that – are finding themselves in the loss column recently. Two teams that kind of got me a little bit worried are the Whipsnakes and the Redwoods. Um, Whipsnakes got into a shootout with the Chrome, could never really uh, gain that lead. Um, Matt Rambo didn't play in the second half uh, other than a a power play, and he he was 0 for 5 in the first half. So a lot of talk behind, you know, Jim Stagnita's decision to to bench him. It seemed like it was some off-the-field issues between him and Stagnita, you know, maybe... Uh, they got into it a little bit. I, I didn't see anything. When Stagnino was asked why Rambo wasn't in, um, you know, he just gave a pretty ambiguous answer, you know, didn't really answer the question. So um, definitely something went on there behind the scenes. Hopefully they can put that in the past, uh, and hopefully we see Rambo, you know, suit up again next week. Um, I think it was just something that Stagnino wanted to prove a point, and I think he figured that, you know, if he wanted to make the point, now was the time to do it, so... Um, I, I think we'll see Rambo, you know, return to form. Who knows what, what went on behind the scenes. But um, I'm not too worried about the Whip Snakes. Um, I, I think they'll be fine. They just got to win one more game. I, I don't think they want it to be the last week of the season to get into the playoffs. But I think they're going to be just fine. You know, they, like we said, they got into a shootout with the Chrome. Um, still scored 16 goals. Um, so they're going to be fine on offense. And I think Kyle Bernlaw just had a bad first half. Kudos to Sagnita for putting him back in there in the second half after benching him at the end of the second quarter so um, I think they'll be all right Um, but like I mentioned the Redwoods I think are what worry me a little bit more and it's not the attack you know Jules has been playing well Ryder's been playing well Kavanaugh has been a little bit quiet but he'll get going Uh, I'd like to see Westberg involved a little bit more 
Um, and the defense has been stellar, you know, led by Garrett Apple um, and, and, you know, Timmy Troutner and Cage. Uh, and I think the real issue right now is the faceoff. Grenlian battling some injuries. Um, he was not on the roster this weekend. They went with Jerry Raganese, who was their trade pickup from the deadline. Um, and he got rocked in his PLL debut, to put it frankly. Um, 27.2% faceoff percentage. Uh, you can't put too much on him, given that it was, uh, you know, his first start as a PLL player. Um, but, you know, if you can't get these possessions, they're going to struggle down the stretch. We've seen it, you know, and they, they pulled out a game against the Whip Snakes despite, you know, not doing well at the X. But, you know, that, that was kind of on their defense. You, you can't just get it done in two facets of the game. You have to win at the face-off X in the ground ball battle. And, um, you know, I, it sounds like Beast is going to be back next week. Yeah. Uh, but who knows if he'll, you know, be able to stay healthy. I mean, he's suited up twice coming off of injuries and then, you know, re-injured himself. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he does against Joe Nardella, who's, you know, one of the better face-off guys in the league right now. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. He did tweet a little bit ago. He's really excited that it's actually a game-winning for him. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Hamstring injuries are, are, are weird, weird ones. You could be thinking you're at 100% and, and just like that, uh, you're re-aggravated and, and you're down for a couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll see what happens with them. And their offense is just going to have to continue to produce like they have been. Um, that was, like I said, that was my favorite game of the weekend from the Whip Snake side of things, too. I, that, what an outlier of a game. I mean, the Chrome scored nine goals, the last scored seven goals uh, the week prior. Then they scored 10 in a quarter in the first quarter of this week, which was the most in PLL history. So they, they are the most up-and-down team I've ever seen. So I think the Whip Snakes just got hit with the chrome when they weren't really expecting it. So it's a, it's a wild kind of time for them. We'll see if they go three weeks in a row without being able to notch that playoff berth. And, and that will be an interesting one, too, because they could fall um, to the bottom of the playoffs if it comes to um, next week. So I'm, I'm curious what to see. They had an awesome game from a variety of areas. Connor Kelly came up big for them, a couple two-point goals as well. But we'll see what happens when it comes to the whips going forward. I think this will be a statement game uh, coming up this weekend for them. I think they're going to be hungry. I think Matt Rambo uh, is going to put last week behind them uh, for, for a big week. So we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm a little less worried about the whips than you probably. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I'm a little bit more concerned about the Redwoods, but like you said, it's going to be a great game. I think that's the game to watch coming up next week. Yeah, we'll see. Major playoff implications on the line between those teams. Uh, but let's shift gears to the MLL now. Another team that's really rolling is the Bayhawks. Um, yep. They're 7-3 and at the top of the standings. They had a big 24-7 win in a doubleheader versus the Lizards last uh, two weeks. They had a big 24-7 win in the second game of the doubleheader with the Lizards two weeks ago. Um, our friend of the podcast, Colin Heacock, had 10 points on the weekend. And uh, Steel Stanwyck, who we had on here, he had five in that 24-7 victory. What have you seen from this team, Adam, that's really got you excited going into the second half of the MLL season? We talked about one Thompson potentially coming back from injury, and then another one that's just arguably the best player in, in the MLL, in, in his brother Lyle Thompson. Their offense is just so well-rounded with Steel, with Colin Heacock. Um, their defensive side of the ball is really strong too. Goalie play as well, so uh, they're a very well-rounded team, and they're playing well at the right time. We'll, we'll talk about a few other squads uh, that aren't later on, um, but it's a, just a really strong team overall, playing in front of a good crowd in Annapolis. So I'm um, excited to see uh, what they do going forward, and 
definitely a statement win after a close one against the Lizards, the the first game of that uh, doubleheader last weekend. Um, but to come out and score 24 goals, whether it's professional lacrosse, peewee lacrosse, high school, college, that that's that's a beatdown, but whatever level it is, and to come at the professional level with something else. Yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, you know, they got a big game against the Cannons this weekend. I'm actually going to be at that game. Cans are sitting at second in the standings, so definitely a big game to watch coming up this weekend. Um, let's talk about another team that's on the upswing, and that's the Rattlers, though. They've won three straight now, and they have some young guys that are just playing phenomenal lacrosse right now. Um, Bradley Bubba Voigt, Syracuse product, who went undrafted in both leagues. He's been playing lights out since joining the Rattlers a few weeks ago. He led the stat sheet last weekend with six points, uh, including four goals, two assists, and their win over the Lizards. Bryce Wasserman had five points, scoring three goals and two assists in the game as well. And Sean Scannoni had 10 saves on 21 shots in cage. Uh, so the young guns down in Texas are really getting it done. Um, and, you know, they're turning into an exciting team to watch. We kind of talked about how they're a young team, a little bit inexperienced, and that kind of hurt them going 0-7 uh, out the gate. But they've really been clicking, and, you know, they could make a run still at the playoffs. It's still kind of wide open. Um, you know, I still think they find themselves on the outside looking in just because of their uh, awful start at the beginning of the season, but they've been fun to watch. I mean, Bubba Voigt's just been a, a highlight reel uh, on the field, and, you know, they're, they're really playing good lacrosse right now and pulling out these wins against some good teams. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I do think they're probably on the outside looking in when it comes to, to the playoffs here. I mean, they're three games back currently in the standings for a playoff spot so with six left they have, they have to win at least four to, to get in so I I don't see that happening unfortunately but it's a good story for them to kind of bounce back now from the Lizard standpoint man I, I don't know what to say that that team's kind of just in shambles right now so um, great great story from the Rattles kind of coming up big they're, they're their Twitter is really uh, enjoying this last couple weeks of success, which is, which is great for them uh, to promote the squad down in Texas. But uh, great story for them. Don't see them making the playoffs. But, hey, maybe some of the rats are listening to this. That's kind of bulletin board material for uh, for them to say. Proof PLT wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but, you know, let's talk about a team that's on the opposite end. Um, started out 6-1. and one. Uh, and then has dropped their last three to be six and four. The Outlaws have not been playing good lacrosse, Adam. They've scored an average of only 10 goals in their past three games. Um, and in the Bayhawks game, they lost 12 to nine, despite Max Adler winning 23 of 24 faceoffs. How do you only score nine goals when your faceoff guy wins 23 of 24 faceoffs? I mean, that's just absurd to me. They looked frustrated, uh, to say the least, when they played. The Rattlers a couple weeks ago was a pretty ugly brand of lacrosse. John Grant Jr. did not look happy um, when he was on the sidelines. They just haven't been clicking lately, you know. Dylan Ward uh, hasn't been an issue most of the year. Uh, had not, not a bad game this past week with 13 out of 20 saves on 25 shots. But he was not on par last week, letting in the first six or seven shots he faced last week. So they all have room for improvement and the good thing is well, from their standpoint we, we've seen them excel this year already we've seen that offense click uh, maybe there was just kind of a downturn in, in, in production for, for that small lull of the season the last few weeks but I fully see them kind of turning things around um, but it'll be interesting to see what, what they do for them. maybe if they change a few things up on the offensive side of the ball or, or what the case may be but uh, I'm nervous about them I'm a little bit worried but luckily for them when it comes to 
playoff contention. Like I said a couple weeks ago, the standings seem to be uh, kind of whether it's the one through four, wherever those teams may land. Um, those are the four I think will make the playoffs. Um, but they have some issues to work through, and they have a couple weeks before the playoffs to kind of figure those things out. You know, we, we talked about the last game. Um, as Lanian had three points, Grant Jr. and Curry only contributed one point, and Ryan Lee was held off the score sheet. Um, you know, those are their big guys. They needed them to come to play, and yeah. they turned the ball over 24 times uh, in the game against the Bayhawks. You just can't win when you turn the ball over 24 times. So hopefully they get it together. They got a big game coming up against the Rattlers, uh, a rematch uh, from three weeks prior. So I know they want to get on the right side of the win column in that one. So uh, we'll be interested to see how they respond this week. With that being said, uh, let's go into our game picks. Uh, Adam, you and me, two weeks ago when we were just picking the MLL games, both went 2-2. Two and two. Um, but you had a big week this last week. You went four and two, while I went two and four. So you have pulled within one. You are at twenty six and twenty two on the season. I am at twenty seven and twenty one. So you have been inching closer to me. You got some big ones in the Chrome and Archers win. So um, you're you're sitting pretty good right now. You're in striking distance. Slow moving, but ready to go. I'm inching to the finish line, my man. For sure, for sure. So let's start off with the MLL games. Uh, on Saturday, you have the Blaze at the Lizards. Who are you picking in this one? You know, I think I'm going to take the Blaze in this one. Mark Matthews had a bunch of assists this weekend at three assists. Um, so And he's back where, where he had some of his best seasons with the Blaze. I think this is going to be a revenge game for him. The Lizards just don't look like a solid team. So I'm going to take Mark Matthews and the Blaze in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Blaze as well in this one for the reasons you mentioned. They just got to make sure they you know, really lock down on defense, but just been going off of how the Lizards haven't really been able to get too much production at the midfield in the games that they've lost. I think you know, they kind of shut them down, and that's where their strength will lie is uh, you know, kind of running the ball down in transition and you know, getting Stotts and uh, Mark Matthews and Shane Jackson kind of involved really early on in this game to get off to a big lead that they can ride out into a win. So I'm picking the Blaze as well. Um, following that game, you have the Cannons at the Bayhawks, a game I'll actually be at. Who are you picking in this one? I, you know, I'm going to take the Bayhawks in this one. Um, it's going to be a battle of the one and two seeds currently in, in the standings. Um, but I think the Bayhawks offense is clicking. Uh, it's clicking a little bit better currently than the the Cannons. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the home team and the Bayhawks. Yeah, I'm going to go you know, Bayhawks as well. and I think they're going to throw some looks uh, on defense at this Cannons offense. You know, that's been playing really well you know, with Will Sands and Mark Cockerton. So, yeah, yeah, I think we see the Bayhawks kind of get out to an early lead. And, you know, it's going to be a close one for sure. But, you know, too much offensive firepower for that Hawks team. So I'm going Bayhawks as well. And then following up with that, we have the Outlaws and the Rattlers. Adam, who are you picking in this one? I'm going to take the Outlaws in this one, you know, the first time. Uh, a few weeks ago when the Rats came into Denver, uh, I kind of think the Outlaws overlooked them a little bit and were a little bit shocked and played one of the worst games uh, I've seen them play this year. So I'm expecting them to kind of come out on full throttle. Don't think John Grant Jr. and Curry are going to combine for one point this week. I think I think that number's going to be a little bit higher. The Lord's going to play well, and the Outlaws are going to take this one. I'm going with the Rattlers again just because, you know, I've been picking them uh, as an upset past few weeks um they're going to be at home so i think the boys in texas are going to come out to play and the, the young guns are going to take it to the outlaws so I'm, I'm going rattlers in this one all right so that brings us to the pll i'll go first for these ones uh in hamilton canada on saturday we have the archers versus the chaos 
So this is a big one for both teams. The Chaos can kind of, you know, sit back a little bit. I think they're still going to come out and play because that's just their style. I don't see Andy Towers' squad, you know, taking the foot off the gas at all. So I'm going to go Chaos in this one. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a close one. Archers are, you know, still trying to hang in that playoff hunt right now. But, um, you know, the Chaos' offense is, is too too crazy good right now. And it sounds like Josh Byrne might be back from injury. Um, so who knows if we'll see him suit up next week. Um, but if they have him back, you know, just another weapon on that that team, you know, that bomb squad that they boast. So I'm going Chaos in this one. And I'm going the Archers. I'm going to be one game, at least one game up on your standings when it comes to our, our rankings next week. I think the Archers are, are starting to click when, when it's the best time of the season, too, with a couple weeks in the regular season. They know this is a big one. Tom Schreiber on the pod really talked about um, kind of a slow burn and starting to play well after that all-star game. Uh, and I think they have. I think if that defense continues to play well like it should, that two-headed monster in goal continues to play well, uh, I think the Archers are going to pull this one up out um, and stay in that three spot or even move up to that two spot depending on how we go with the whips. It's definitely going to be a fun game to watch. Um, and then following that, we have Atlas versus Chrome. Um, I'm going to go Chrome in this one. I think they're they're playing well. I think the Atlas... I don't think it's equipped to, you know, handle that offense. I think, you know, the one thing the Atlas do have going for them is Trevor Baptiste. Uh, you know, he's going up against Connor Farrell, who's been playing really, really well recently, and he's established himself as the number one guy with the Chrome. Um, so this is going to be a dogfight. I'm going to go with uh, Coach Dom Starja's group uh, in the Chrome. And I'm going to go the reverse side of things and take the Atlas. You know what we really haven't seen this year is a big Paul Rabel game from, from the founder of the league. Uh, I think he wants to make a statement. I think he wants to make the playoffs in the first year of the league that he created. Uh, their offense played pretty well last week, um, and the Chrome are so up and down. I can I, I see them scoring 10 goals in the game like they scored 10 goals in the first quarter. So I'm going to take Trevor Baptiste, Paul Rabel, and the Atlas in this one. I think you make a good point about Paul. You know, it, It'd be hard to see... Uh, the Atlas going into the final week of the season with nothing to play for other than, you know, the seeding for the um, draft pick. So I, I kind of have to agree with you that, you know, I think it's going to be a big day for Paul, but I'm still going with the boys in Chrome. And then on Sunday, our final PLL matchup will be the Redwoods at Whipstanks, uh, probably the most anticipated matchup of this weekend in the PLL. Um, and I'm going to go with the Whipstanks in this one. Um, you know, I, I think the Redwoods are going to come out and really perform, but, you know, it's the face-off X is a big question mark for me, um, and it, it's not for the Whipsnakes. You know, Joe Nardell has played well all season. Um, that offense has been lethal. I mean, you just look at a guy like Connor Kelly who hasn't suited up for them, you know, every game this season, and he just steps in and, you know, has a monster game. Who knows if we see Matt Rambo come back to form, uh, and, and they can score the 2.2 with Channy and Earhart, you know, from behind the arc, so... You know, I, I think this team's lethal, and I, I think they're going to get it done against the Redwoods. I do think it's going to be close, though, like all these PLO games have been. You know what? I'm going to take the Redwoods in this one. I think solely for the fact that it's a pretty enticing storyline when it comes to uh, the standings, where a team like the Witch Snakes could have been the first to make the playoffs, and for it to come down to potentially the last week of the regular season for them to get into the playoffs. I'm going to take it for the storyline. I think the uh, Redwoods offense is clicking on all cylinders like we were talking. Friend of the pod, Jules Hennenberg, is playing well. Ryder Garnsey really picking it up late. And Timmy Troutner, uh, let's see if he can pull it out against one of the best offenses in the league. So uh, I'm taking the Redwoods in this one for a couple of reasons. But 
we'll see what happens from here. So this is going to be a big swing, my man. We have four different games this week, so one of us is going to have a potentially big lead when it comes to when it comes to the end of the weekend. Definitely, uh, we definitely picked a lot of different teams, and so it'll be interesting to see who's uh, you know on top at the end of this this weekend. Uh, but you know that concludes our podcast uh, for this week. Uh, we ask you guys go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, we really appreciate your reviews. Um, and you know, and tweet at us or message us on Instagram if you have any feedback that you want us to know. Um, we, we really do listen to your feedback. You know, like this podcast, we we decided to not go the route of recapping every game specifically, but kind of talking the big storylines. And I think it it turned out for the best that way. So we do take your feedback into consideration. And uh, next episode, we're going to have our first uh, bros in the pros. Uh, we interviewed brothers Jake Bernhardt and Jesse Bernhardt. Um, Jake's plays for the Whipsnakes. Jesse plays for the Bayhawks. And so we're really looking forward to that interview and sharing that with you guys. It was great having those guys on. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to both of them. And they're both very passionate about the game. So it's nice to get that perspective uh, from two different brothers. Um, and then following that, we have uh, head coach of the Chrome, Dom Starja himself. He'll be joining us. And we'll be talking Chrome. Um, and how their season's been going. And then following that, we have KS Midi, Teamer Class. So uh, we got a lot of great guests coming up this week. I think the interviews themselves uh, are great for us as well as it hopefully is for the players and kind of gives them a platform, you know, to kind of share their story. We're all about learning, you know, more about the players, what they do in the off season, and, you know, what they do outside of lacrosse as well because, um, you know, this is a player-driven sport. Um, it's a community-based sport, and we really enjoy talking to these guys, so we appreciate them all agreeing to come on our show. Um, but with that, let's go to overtime. Adam, what are you looking forward to most this weekend? I'm going to have to go with that Atlas Chrome game. It's it's a big one. Loser of this one pretty much is done with the playoffs. The Atlas statistically could still be in it, and the Chrome are definitely out if they lose. I'm definitely looking forward uh, to seeing some big names come up big in the Atlas Chrome game. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with an MLL game, probably because I'm, I'm going to be there, but the Bayhawks game against the Cans this weekend, really looking forward to being there. This is my first Bayhawks game of the season in person, so I can't wait to be back in the Chesapeake Bay area, um, and I'm excited particularly, too, because they're having a military appreciation day, and I, I love when you know the leagues have those days devoted to our military, um, You know, being a reservist myself. Um, it, you know, I really appreciate what they do um, to honor, you know, our military, especially those guys fighting overseas. So really looking forward to this weekend, and, you know, hopefully uh, the Bayhawks come away with a win. Absolutely. Before we finish up, Hutton, do you want to give uh, your Twitter handle for our uh, loyal followers to, to give you a follow potentially? Yeah, so you guys can follow me at, at Hutton Jackson, H-U-T-T-O-N-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. Um, and Adam, what, what's your handle so the guys can follow you? Yep, absolutely. I'm at Adam Moore PLT. Uh, so looking forward to having some conversations with some of you fans uh, over the next couple weeks before we head into the playoff round. Uh, but feel free to give us a follow. We'd love to chat with you fans. So definitely give us a shout out if you want to chat. Find us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Pro Lacrosse Talk on both Twitter and Instagram. But you know we love engaging with you guys. We're fans just like you guys. So uh, we're not. We don't try to get high and mighty on anything we you know we just want to talk lacrosse and that's kind of why we started this so um definitely looking forward to talking with you guys and sharing some more episodes with you uh but this wraps up episode 14 thank you guys for listening and we hope you tune in next time to pro lacrosse talk